The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Yeah, it's a nice thing about Pearl Jam fans. It's it's just kind of like you feel like you know them for forever. Just kind of roll right into conversation. Yeah, that's always it's it's always easy to to talk to people when you have something in common. Whereas if you don't, then you're just kind of stuck there. Like, oh, so uh, you like this? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Do you like this? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about that weather, huh? Oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go over to that corner over there. Nice knowing <laughs> you. <laughs> Welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon. Today, I'm talking about the song Smile with my guest, Sean Rashkiss. Hello, Sean. Hey, Brandon. And uh, let's see. It's your first time on the show, so I've got to ask you, Sean, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam? Uh, so I think it was probably spring of 93. I was in high school, and... Um, I don't know if you remember um, the BMG company that offered the, you can get 10 CDs for a penny. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so being in high school, I thought, this is genius. These guys are fools. I'm going to get 10 really great <laughs> CDs. And then, of course, after you know, being in high school and not uh, realizing maybe agreements and, and management, then then you get that first CD that you didn't want for like 25 bucks. You're like, what is this? Like, yeah. oh, no. I had to actually have to uh, get you know, order other CDs or I'll get something I don't want. But, um, in those first 10 was, uh, I did order the, uh, order 10 and listen to it. And, um, you know, I was really digging their music. And, uh, you know, for me, I, in, you know, being in high school, I think, uh, you know, there can be some challenging times in growing up and, and 10, um, you know, the music and the lyrics, especially seemed to have a way to really speak to me and what was going on. So it was compared to the some of the other bands that were having great music coming out, uh, 10 specifically just really, uh, you know, spoke to me and I, it just pulled me in. And then, um, in the fall in October that year, I went and saw them for the first time and, um, in San Jose and, and I was just hooked at that point, seeing them live. And I've just been diehard fan ever since. Yeah. That was, um, Oh wait, no, that wasn't the, uh, the Vitology tour. No, that was right, right when, um, I think they were touring right when Versus Versus, came out. Yeah. Yeah. That show. Yeah. So it's, yeah, they, uh, yeah, been a fanatic ever since and, uh, you know, try to see as many shows as I can, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, easily my favorite band. What, what, what was it about 10 that you wanted to, uh, to, to, to try it out when you saw it in the, uh, little mailer thing or whatever? Did, had you heard them before or you heard people talking about them or uh, it just kind of looked weird? Yeah, I heard of uh, people talking about them at school, and I and I, I'm trying to remember what you know. Right around that time, when a lot of the Seattle bands were were really getting big, and I'm forgetting if it was either Nirvana or Alice in Chains that I had started listening to first, and then uh, mm-hmm. you know, then I had heard about Pearl Jam. I you know, I think I'd heard maybe um, uh, Alive or maybe Jeremy um, on uh, the radio, and and uh, I said, hey, well, let me get the 
get the CD and listen to this. And, and uh, that's how it went. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. This song, The uh, of course, if you have your copies of No Code out, you're going to look at Polaroid 2C or 2O or 2D or 2E. It was one of the songs that they had the, yes. uh, the lyrics in all of the different versions. You got the puzzle piece mouth guy, the yes. uh, screaming mouth. The, yes, um, or a scary clown mouth. Yeah, the sort of painted picture thing or something like that. And yeah. Some uh, mouth that's uh, like a gold filling or something like that on a, one of the front teeth or something. Looks weird. It's like, oh, is, that's like, I'm not a cap, right? That's a, is that a filling that looks like that? I don't know what it is. Or just they kind of <laughs> put on part of it or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's, uh, it looks more like just the, the mouth with uh, some... Yeah, coloring on it, it is very odd. It, I mean, obviously that uh, you know, with no code um, coming out, and I I remember I think no code was maybe the last album that I would stood in line outside of Tower Records at midnight when they opened the doors and you oh. come in and and you know get the first crack when they released it, and I remember getting it and sitting in my car opening up and it, what is this? You know that it opened opened you know up into four sort of panels and then uh, you know. First took me like a while to find the CD because I pulled out this, you know, the the sleeve with all the Polaroids. I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Very, it, I mean, very interesting. But you could even that going through the the contents of the of the CD with these uh, Polaroids, even before you put the CD in, you kind of got a feeling like, okay, this is this is going to be a little different album and how they've you know kind of handling their music. At least that's that was my initial take when I when I bought the CD. Yeah, it's real. It's real. I don't know. Vitology, I think, kind of set the standard for kind of, okay, that you're going to have weird packaging and stuff, but then no code was kind of like, oh, wow, yeah. that's, I guess, where you take it from there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, you know, obviously you're so used to, uh, or at least back when CDs were kind of the main thing to uh, to get that, you know, while you're playing the uh, the CD, you'd have the booklet opening up and flipping through, and here it's, you know, like, make sure you're not clumsy and dropping all the Polaroids on the floor. You're like, Oh, uh, what song is this for? Yeah. It's like, Oh, I gotta make sure I put it back in order <laughs> the right way. Uh. Yes. <laughs> or maybe that was just me. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be in the right order. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Amit wrote the music for this and, uh, plays a guitar on it as well. I think probably one of the first instances that they at least make note of that somebody else is playing a different instrument. And, uh, Eddie's in there. With the uh, lyrics and playing their harmonica as well. I don't. I think I listened to the song before I kind of really got into the the Polaroid and flipping them over and saying, "Oh, here's here's you know who uh, who wrote the song and all that." And I really dug the song, and I'm just so used to like, "Oh, that's a great bass line," and uh, you know, guitar is really interesting. And then I you know turned the looked over on who was writing and then uh, wait jeff Amen is playing the guitar blow my mind um <laughs> and then you know and then oh my goodness is a harmonica is that neil young uh guesting guest appearance and oh no eddie vetter's playing the harmonica really really cool yeah with the i think with the harmonica and just the kind of like sort of bluesy stompy feel to it it is like yeah. a real sort of neil young pastiche which then you know goes on to uh off he goes right afterwards, so that uh, you know, doubles it up there. Um, the song was released also as the B-side for the 1996 fan club single from a uh, live performance in Barcelona in uh, November uh, earlier that year. Well, I guess it would be before Christmas, but uh, in '96, <laughs> that was uh, that show was heavily bootlegged as well. It's pretty uh, pretty popular. Uh, 
como se dice, Nice research there. Oh, well, you know how I do. I get, I get the, the, well, most, some of, some facts. Like, I kind of, <laughs> kind of look around and say, okay, what do I know? Okay, this. What do, what do other people know? Okay, this. I'll pass it off as my own. I know this stuff off the top of my head. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, one of the real stories about it, though, is that, um, let's see, this is also one of the sort of last songs from No Code to, uh, to play live. Uh, but the real sort of story thing that people talk about this is that this was in this was inspired by uh, Dennis Fumian from The Frogs. The uh, the lyrics were, and um, I of course talked about the frogs in my in the review mirror episode. Oh, I'm going back. Oh, you got to listen to these things. Oh, hey, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, throwback. Yeah, the, uh, we got we got continuity here, like in the comic books, where it says like, "Oh, you know, see issue blah 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 of this to understand this." Yes, you're making you're making it all connect the big piece. Yes, oh, <laughs> the, finally I've been able to put continuity into uh into these things. The, 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 the rich better band universe. There we go, podcast universe. They say that the song was influenced. The lyrics were influenced by the frog songs. This is how I feel, and now I want to be dead. Yeah. There's a big, long sort of um, essay, I guess, written by uh, Jimmy Flemian uh, about the inspiration for the song and how he and or how uh, Dennis sort of left him a note about the uh, the three crooked hearts and the swirls and uh, that you see on the lyrics and stuff on the lyric Polaroid. Someone wrote me a note in my uh, in my notebook once. He's a good friend of mine, and he wrote a note in my notebook, and then. Uh, the uh, Jeff uh, wrote this song and then uh, they needed words and these words were in this notebook. And so, uh, so every time a copy of No Code is sold, uh, my friend gets like, like at least like two thirds of a penny. Which adds up to at least like, well, No Code. Like twenty bucks. Two hundred bucks. Two thousand bucks. How much money? It don't matter. It's a really nice song and we play it when we uh, think we're gonna miss somebody and this one's called Smile. I'll put a link up with that so you can kinda read it too because I, I don't want to read through the whole thing because that's that's not what this podcast is all about. <laughs> This yes, <laughs> reading it's till, so underrated. Yes, I'll, I'll wait till I start my. I'll wait till I start my ASMR channel before I start reading that. <laughs> oh yes, everybody cooped up now. Maybe that'll, uh, you know, change, and I'll start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So, what is it uh, about this song that you? That uh, you said I got it. I gotta get on the Better Band podcast to talk about this thing. 
I like the, I mean, the, the song, it's, uh, it almost has a number of different emotions that I'm feeling um, when listening to the song because the uh, the lyrics and I think maybe the the guitar part it's uh, very kind of a heartwarming um, and then you add the harmonica in there and it's almost a little bit of a, a sorrow or um, kind of sad in some way so it's it's I, it brings a lot of different emotions to uh, to light and I, I really like that feel to it and it's not you know doesn't seem to be a very complex song it's uh, you know lyrics are you know there's not a lot of lyrics but it, it packs a lot of uh different feelings into it yeah the when i think the first couple times that i heard it the harmonica really threw it off for me yeah just kind of oh this isn't like pearl jam this what's a harmonica doing this has got some uh i don't know but then you know kind of yeah I don't know, just like drinking enough beer till you are like, hey, I like the taste. Then it's <laughs> an acquired taste, the harmonica. Yeah, yeah that's it. Acquired. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, a quick harmonica story is uh, I've um, played a little music as a hobby and had a lot more time uh, when I was younger to to uh, play music. And uh, I took a class in undergrad on harmonica because I thought oh, this would be really cool. I, I'll learn how to play harmonica and I don't have to be, you know, be in jail to to be cool with our <laughs> harmonica um but uh i i really underestimated how challenging of a instrument it can be with you know, obviously doing just the uh you know blowing in blowing out to get different notes but then uh i think it was if it was a four or five week course and you know the first couple weeks were like you know here blow in and blow out like oh this is a piece of cake and then week three it's now we're going to start to bend notes as i bend what and and that's <laughs> this thing doesn't bend it's it kind of pretty yeah. rigid i don't understand <laughs> yeah that that's when it all went downhill i was like wow i thought that i had some uh, uh musical talent but bending notes on a harmonica just uh was it everything went south from there yeah, was it was was it blues traveler that did it for you that uh like oh i gotta be that I gotta get that fishing vest <laughs> and have I all know. those pockets yeah, yeah i i must have missed that in the stores and they were uh they were they were uh they're on those out for uh uh marketing but um i can't remember what it was that <laughs> that got me drawn i think it was just that um back in that time i was uh you know kind of trying to learn different interesting instruments um you know like african drumming and and then i saw this course at harmonica like oh that'd be cool let me give it a shot. So I don't necessarily think it was a, a you know, an inspiration on a, a band or anything, but I do have to give props to uh, John Popper because he knows how to play harmonica. Oh yeah. And um, before we were recording, we were talking and said you, you went to college UC Davis or yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have, they have a pretty um, renowned musical program or something like that. Don't they? Aren't they one of the pretty big or no, I'm thinking of Berkeley. Damn it. <laughs> 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 well, no, UC Davis is very big on the, uh, I guess they do a lot of uh, brewing and winemaking is their big thing. And obviously they've got a big vet school there, but uh, they do have a lot of, with their extracurricular activities, a lot of music focused opportunities for, for people to, to try. So question for you. With the, um, okay. I get your thoughts on, um, you don't see too many bands these days where the um, band members switch up instruments. How did, how did you, uh, what was your take on that when you you know, kind of saw that or even, you know, I don't know if you've seen the song live, but uh, just your thought on uh, uh, band members kind of switching up instruments and playing. Uh, I've only seen the song live once. And that was, um, I think, the first date where they opened for the Rolling Stones. They uh, they played it then. And that's the only time that I've seen it from them. Um, 
I don't, and I didn't really know they switched it live until they, I don't even know if I understood that that's what was going on then, or if it was some, one of like the live DVDs or something like that, like uh, maybe touring band or something. Yeah. Or wait, no, I think a touring band, you just hear it. Yeah, I think is while they're <laughs> kind of flashing through a bunch of things, or maybe maybe it was a video online or something. No, like that, I, maybe. I think you have it right. I think touring band is at the credits. They used smile to yeah yeah one of the hidden track things. Yeah, I just remember I said, like the end scene or something like that is Eddie jumping on a skateboard or something and sliding off into some part part of the stage or something like <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I um you know I kind of figure it's pretty it's a pretty easy guitar riff, so it's kind of like okay yeah I could see. Jeff playing that, but then again, I mean, it's not like he's, you know, a dullard and can't <laughs> figure out how to play guitar if he wanted to, if he's doing what he does on the bass, or it's kind of like, you know, the old, it's either, it's either the drummer or the bass player where it's kind of like, oh, that you make jokes about. It's like, oh, what do you call the guy who hangs out with the band? Oh, uh, the drummer, oh, uh, the bassist. Yes. You know? It's like, oh, what was the, uh, oh, what's, what's one of the other jokes about being homeless or something like that? It's like, oh, because they broke up. Oh, because, you know, the bass player can't, you know, afford to live on his own. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he keeps living. Keeps oh, yeah. It's like, why, 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 why was he living in his car? Oh, I broke up with his girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> yeah, bass players always get the bad rap. <laughs> yeah, they, what, that, that, those and drummers, because you figure it's like, oh, they're not playing real notes. They're just hitting things. So it doesn't take real doesn't take any, I don't know, talent or understanding of musicality or anything where it's kind of like, oh, geez, I don't know, but you got to gotta be able to move. So take some uh, some cardio, take some conditioning to be able to do <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, one of the things I, you know, I think this song is a perfect example of that that brings a, a very uniqueness to Pearl Jam is with all of the, the band members, you know, bringing their own songs and ideas to, to albums and you get a lot of a different variety of, of styles. And, uh, you know, it's not like a band where you've got one person basically playing all the instruments and then, you know, gets other, uh, musicians to come tour with them that you've got every band member is, is either writing a portion of the song or the entire song with lyrics. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. They have a more sort of creative buy-in than just, uh, you know, I'm just doing this cause I'm either hanging out with my friends or, you know, it's, it's my job or something like that. It's kind of like, oh, you know, we all have some sort of creative input. So I'm actually appreciated, I guess. Yeah. Do you think that the lyrics, do you get more of a sort of pessimistic vibe or, well, I don't know if there's any other way to, that you could uh, take it. Do you think that, that there's any other sort of inspiration or uh, um, interpretation you can get from the lyrics and just sort of like, I don't know. Like it just seems kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm chronically depressed and you know, nothing's going to make me smile, I guess. Yeah. I, I kind of look at it that way. And then, uh, um, almost kind of, uh, remember like, uh, having good memories about something and, and that, you know, bringing you some joy out of maybe being in a, in a bad place. Um, you know, it's interesting when I listen to the song, I've, I've lost a couple friends, uh, you know, over the years that, uh, past when you know before they should have and i sometimes find myself thinking of them and positive memories well it's kind of the way sort of that where you get the music sometimes of the song has a little bit more of a downer feel especially with the harmonica but the lyrics to me kind of have a little bit of a uh, reminiscence heartwarmingness to them
So I think it's more sort of like a uh, nostalgic sort of feel than like a, uh, a present tense yeah. kind of feel. Uh, yeah. To, uh, kind of insert a pun in there, or <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that kind of yeah. I think a nostalgia and a, uh, you know a kind of a happiness uh, through memories uh, of uh, you know different times. But then you get to the "I miss you already" part, and that's kind of I don't know, kind of being in the moment, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I've seen, um, you know, seeing some of the, since I've, I've only seen the song live once, but, you know, just looking at the, some of the live clips on, uh, on YouTube, it, uh, it seems like, a in some of the older shows that they use this more as towards the end of a set and is almost a, you know, thank you to the crowd of, uh, you know, we're almost to the end of the show, but we're already missing this experience. Yeah, it's kind of a, uh, maybe an exercise in mindfulness or something, or maybe it's just, uh. A, a dread and an anxiety of, you know, I know stuff is going to end and stuff's going to change and, you know, I don't want it to, I just want it to stay the same. And, you know, I kind of miss this already because I'm not allowing myself to be in the moment yeah. and sort of take things as they come. I'm just thinking about things changing and not being the same and I'm not going to have them anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of uh, ironic with the, you know, the times that we're in with and, uh, you know, having to uh, socially distance yourself or, or work from home a lot. But in some ways, it's, you know, uh, kind of the, the miss you always uh, almost, uh, you know, I've gotten used to over the last week of, you know, being so used to being in office and seeing 20 to 30 faces, you know, daily to going to immediately to not seeing them at all and finding different ways to interact and um you know, for me, I supervise some folks and I've been trying to find different unique ways to connect with, with, uh, the staff, um, whether that's through message or I kind of sent like the, yesterday, a, a video to kind of, you know, check in on people and send it through email. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's just kind of a, you know, completely different uh, way of life right now. Yeah, and it's sort of also like the, uh, I don't know if it goes along with it, but sort of like the, uh, you don't realize what you have until it's gone sort of thing too, where it's kind of, you might take advantage of, Oh, okay. You know, I'll see these people whenever I see them or whatever. And you know, who knows what's going to happen and who knows if you're going to drift apart or, you know, something happens and you're not able to see anybody, you know, again, or, you know, things, things just change and you don't really, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta, as much as it might, suck for uh <laughs> people who might be a little uh, uh low energy or even just uh kind of subdued or something like that you you got to put some energy into other people so that you know <laughs> not everybody is going to be running around all the time kind of introducing themselves to you or you know giving you a call so you gotta okay i guess i'm gonna pick up the phone this time or you know i'll go ahead and send out a message or an email or something like that and who knows if they'll respond or who knows if I'm always going to be the one that has to do that. But I mean, if it's kind of important to you and if they're kind of, you know, maybe themselves kind of going yeah. through something and don't have the energy to do that, then, you know, if you do have the energy, then go ahead and do that. Don't hold it against them. Don't hold a grudge and be like, I'm not going to call them because I'm always the one calling them or something. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's even funny, like, uh, you know, with your podcast and the other Pearl Jam podcasts, I mean, in this time of uh, change and uh, sort of a new way of uh, kind of going day to day, you know, coming back to you know, opening my phone and, and seeing uh, new episodes, it's it's kind of like, hey, there's some great normalcy here. And, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, have that uh, ready to go at any point. So thank you for uh, what you're doing. 
Oh, you're welcome. Go ahead and heap the praise. Ah, oh, yes, I soak it in. <laughs> Let's see, were there, was there other stuff about this song that you wanted to uh, say? I kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty, you know, simple song, musically, lyrically. Like I said, they're pretty much the, the, the main sort of thing where you get a story about it. It's the um, coming up with kind of the, uh, the inspiration and the, uh, the lyrics for it. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah, it's a very uh, uh, straightforward, very solid song. But uh, you know, great, uh, great track on the No Code. Okay, um, so we're, we're we're wrapping up. And uh, what is something that you think people should do for somebody else to kind of, um, or for other people to try to help spread kindness and and make the world a little bit less harsh? Um, I mean, I think with uh, especially. W- what's going on right now with this uh, pandemic to uh, to just be more aware of uh, everyone around you and, and maybe taking more of a time than you think you would uh, in such a hectic uh, life that uh, that we can live at times to at least, you know, wave, acknowledge, say hi, um, you know, even from afar, uh, you know, that uh, even that little gesture may, you know, brighten someone's day, uh, especially if, you know, we're spending a lot of time indoors and not, uh, being outside or interacting that uh, taking that time uh, could really mean something for people. Yeah. It's a weird sort of oxymoronical concept that, you know, you got to try to stay away from people, but you need people, you know, in order to, to, to get through life, exactly. to get through hard times and stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks a lot for coming on, Sean. We got this song in the books. Now we can move on and, Get all the uh, the other stuff out there and, and go out into the world and try to make someone else smile. Oh, you see that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well executed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've only had like a sound effect or something I could play like. Da, 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 da. <laughs> or, yes. I don't know if I'd want that song, that sound. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please get something in there for me. <laughs> no, thank you. I, I had this was a great experience and uh uh, you know, I definitely look forward to maybe coming back for another song uh, down the road. Oh yeah, you've you you've uh, you've passed the test. I'm uh, I'm I'm letting you know that you can come back on again. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> Did you get the? Oh, don't worry, I'll um, I'll reach out to you. Don't don't worry about uh, emailing me. I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> yeah. The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Sean and as always, this is Brandon saying, Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such telethons as Out With Gout 88 and Let's Save Tony Orlando's House.